He swore an oath to defend the Constitution, and he did exactly the opposite. When the barbarians were at the gate, he was happy to let them in. That's Evan McMullen, an independent conservative running against Republican Senator Mike Lee of Utah, discussing his opponent's role in Donald Trump's effort to overturn the 2020 election. It is, Margaret, I believe, the most egregious betrayal of the American Constitution by a senator in our history. I'm Margaret Hoover. This is the Firing Line Podcast. I spoke to McMullen, an ex-CIA officer and former policy director for House Republicans, in the final push before the midterm elections. In this unusual matchup between a conservative independent, who has the backing of Utah's Democrats, and an incumbent Republican senator, Utah now has its most competitive and most consequential Senate race in decades. We have a saying, if it uh, quacks like a duck, if it walks like a duck and has webbed feet like a duck, in this case, it's a Democrat. And that's what Evan McMullen is. McMullen and Lee haven't always been on different sides. When McMullen ran for president against Trump in 2016, he even earned Senator Lee's vote. But Senator Lee has since become a loyal Trump ally. Are you ready to stand with me and millions and millions of others who want four more years? He decided that he needed to get on board with the former president in order to protect his own power. And so that's exactly what he did. If McMullen wins, he has committed not to caucus with either party or vote on party leadership. But what if the balance of power in the Senate comes down to his vote? That's what I'm committed to doing. I know it's different, but I think we need some positive change in the Senate. I will not be supporting party bosses in Washington. I'm just not going to do it. Evan McMullen, welcome to Firing Line. Great to be with you, Margaret. You're an independent candidate running for United States Senate in Utah. Now, you are running against a two-term Republican incumbent. And this is the closest Senate race that Utah has seen in decades. Now, you have been a Republican in the past. You even ran policy for House, the House Republicans. And we'll get to all of that. But you do continue to agree with Republicans on many issues from the economy to abortion. So why are you running as an independent? Well, I'm an independent, and, and actually, though, I've been a, associated with the Republican Party or affiliated with the Republican Party as an independent for most of my adult life, uh, what's more important to me is our commitment as a country to our founding ideals and to the institutions that allow their realization in our daily lives. For me, that's what conservatism is. Again, a commitment first and foremost to our, our founding ideals that were created free and equal, and that our deepest purpose is the pursuit of happiness. And then secondly, a commitment to our our institutions, the Constitution, uh, the rule of law, the separation of powers, et cetera, our elections. Uh, I'm committed to those things because they allow for the realization of our core ideals in our daily lives. And without those institutions, no matter what our ideals are, we don't experience them in day-to-day life. So uh, I'm a conservative because I'm committed to those things. I think that's what conservatism, true conservatism is. And though I've been an independent for most of my adult life, I've, uh, until 2016, saw the Republican Party as uh, the best vehicle for for me to, to pursue 
uh, the conservation of those things, our values and our institutions. I still hope that the Republican Party will serve that purpose. Certainly, it's gone in a direction that uh, is something that I don't recognize as the party of Lincoln or the party of Reagan, uh, in which I I grew up, uh, having been a, a part of a, a more or less a center right family in, uh, in 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 terms of American politics. Uh, but I hope that it will return to be that because I think the country needs a healthy conservative party and a, a healthy liberal or progressive party and a healthy competition of ideas between them. And right now, I, I don't think that's the case. Uh, I hope as long as we are a two-party system, we'll have uh, uh, two healthy parties who are committed to our ideals and our system of self-government that can compete on ideas. Right now, I, I don't think that's the case. So you don't think the Republican Party is the healthy conservative party right now. Is that what I just heard you say? I believe that's the case in general. I think both parties' extremes have become far too influential within the ranks of our two major parties. And and I, I think that that is uh, to the detriment of our country. It leaves tens of millions of Americans, including myself, feeling poorly represented, uh, which is why my independence has become more important for me now, even than it has been in the past. Uh, but but yes, I am concerned about the health of both of our parties. Speaking of the Republican Party specifically, uh, yes, it has been led in a, a direction under uh, former President Trump that I believe runs counter to our, our ideals as a country and counter to conservatism. Conservatism isn't about preserving power for one group or one man at the expense of our values and our system of self-government, but rather uh, preserving those things. And uh, and certainly as a, as a bulwark, uh, first and foremost, against those who would amass power to themselves at the expense of the people. And, and so the Republican Party now, though it, it does still advance uh, policies that are generally preferred by conservatives, and in some cases, in other cases, not. Uh, the broader, deeper issue is whether the party is truly committed to the preservation of our ideals and our institutions, which should be the first task of conservatism. Well, I don't need to tell you that Utah is a conservative state, and Utah hasn't elected a Democrat to the Senate in 45 years. Your race is noteworthy because it is the only race in the country where Democrats did not nominate their own candidate to run in this race. Instead, they decided to back you, an independent conservative, in challenging the Republican incumbent. This is such an anomaly that Politico has called this race, quote, the strangest Senate race in America. How did Democrats decide to get behind your candidacy? Well, Margaret, we're building a cross-partisan coalition here in Utah. So before I even got into this race, uh, I talked to leaders on the Democratic side, on the Republican side, in the independent space, leaders in third parties, to ask them if they thought it was possible to build this cross-partisan coalition. And I was encouraged that the answer was yes. And, and we did some research ahead of time, understanding the, and, and understood based on that research that uh, a majority of Utahns wanted to replace Mike Lee 
they were concerned about the health of our democratic republic. They were concerned about our inability to solve major challenges as a state and a country. Uh, they were concerned that uh, that our country was weakening as a result of the politics of division and extremism. And so I made the case to all of these groups that, uh, that as uh, standalone factions, they would not have the votes to replace Senator Lee, though they all preferred to do so. But together, they would have the votes. And, and that was my, my pitch to, to all factions, Republicans, Democrats, independents, and members of third parties. And thankfully, uh, in most cases, uh, in all cases, with all of those factions, we've seen all of them join this coalition. And at this point, we're just working hard to, to grow the coalition in order to, uh, to achieve its, its goals in this election and beyond. As far as the Democrats are concerned, I, I think their vote to join my campaign rather than nominating their own candidate who was pursuing uh, their support uh, was a tremendous country over party moment uh, for Utah, for the Democratic Party, and also for our, our country. And, and I would like to think that, that we can get to a place as a nation in which Democrats or Republicans or uh, independents would always choose to put our country first and put the interests of our people above those of any party. And I, I think that's what Democrats did. So did the United Utah Party, a, a, a small but important third party here in Utah. And so have, in a different way, principled conservatives in joining our coalition. Donald Trump won 58 percent of the vote in Utah in 2020. And so I wonder what gave you the confidence and the hope that there would be enough Democrats, independents and anti-Trump Republicans to join a coalition that would put you over the top and defeat Senator Mike Lee. Well, I don't think 2020 shows the whole or tells the whole story. In 2016, for example, Donald Trump did also win the state, but all, but with about 45% of the vote. Uh, Hillary Clinton won, I believe, 27% of the vote, and I was at 215 I ran briefly in that race as, as a conservative independent. Uh, again, uh, you, know, uh, you know, trying to represent principled Republicans and conservatives, uh, independents as well, who weren't going to be crossover votes. And in that election, more people voted to uh, or voted for an alternative to Trump than voted for him. In 2020, there were really only two options, uh, Trump and and, uh, Joe Biden. And there are still a lot of Republicans in the state who never liked Trump, uh, but who aren't voting for Democrats. And so they did vote for Trump, even though they didn't support him and don't like him. And after January 6th, especially, those voters have uh, have abandoned the former president and now seek alternatives within the Republican Party or without. And I know that. I know, I know that that's the reality in Utah, that the 58% of Trump's victory in, in 2020 does not tell the full story. I met a gentleman a few months ago uh, as I was getting new contacts. It turns out you need to be able to see to run for Senate. And he told me that he had voted for Trump twice, but that he wouldn't vote for him again because he was too divisive. And he said that he couldn't support Senator Lee, for example, because he had gotten too close to Trump. So this is somebody who had voted indeed for Trump twice, never really liked him, 
And now he's holding Senator Lee's support for Trump against him in this election. So um, that's the case with with a, a significant segment of Utah's voters. Uh, they are Republicans. They have never truly supported Trump. They are not going to vote for Democratic candidates, but they are willing to support an independent who reflects most of their values or positions on issues. And and that's why we're in a competitive race now with Senator Lee, because many of them have joined us. Some of the latest Deseret News Hinckley polls show Lee running just four points ahead of you, which is almost within the margin of error. And that poll that I just referenced was conducted at the beginning of October before ballots were sent out. Voters in Utah can vote right now. That poll indicated that 12% of Utah's voters had not yet made a decision. We're still undecided in the race. Now that ballots have been mailed out and votes have begun to be cast, have you gotten any indication of how those independent voters are breaking? Well, the polls all have us basically within the margin of error close to it. Some have us up by four, down by four, uh, but still, as you point out, with 10 to 12 percent of the electorate undecided. The good news about that uh, about that portion of the electorate is that two thirds of them are uh, moderate independents or Democrats, and and uh, the others are Republicans. But but we believe most of them are reachable. They don't prefer Lee. They're looking for an alternative. These are voters who tune into political uh, campaigns late in the game, in the final two weeks of the race, and they make their decisions. And they make their decisions then rather than earlier. And so our our job right now, between now and election day, is to reach those voters. We know if if they hear our message that, that they're more likely to be with us than they are with Senator Lee, certainly. Again, they're already looking for an alternative to him. Uh, but the name of the game is reaching them. They're uh, uh, they're people who will prefer to be with us uh, rather than to be with Lee. And uh, we're work- working very hard in many ways to reach them and bring them into our coalition. You served in the CIA for over a decade. You went to Wharton Business School. You worked in the private sector. You worked for House Republicans, running policy for them. And then in 2016, as you referenced, you ran for president as an independent candidate against Donald Trump. And your opponent in the Senate race, Senator Mike Lee, voted for you in 2016 for president. Now, I want to let you address your opponent's claims that you're a leftist and that you will be beholden to the Democratic Party or you will empower a Senate Democratic majority. Take on the critique that you're a leftist. Explain why he is wrong. Well, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, I don't think many people believe. Perhaps among Lee's supporters, there are those who believe that uh, that that I am not a conservative. But I've been a lifelong conservative. I have very strong views of what conservatism should and should not be. I've articulated them for years, and uh, anyone who knows me, and most of Utah does know me, uh, understands that I am no leftist. That's uh, it's uh, an absurd claim. But but look, the reason why Senator Lee makes that claim 
is that he can't run against a true conservative and win because he is not a true conservative. You're not a true conservative if you interfere in public markets to ensure that your big pharma special interest groups are able to overcharge taxpayers uh, for prescription drugs. You're not a conservative if you undermine our institutions and shut down the government, costing the federal taxpayer billions of dollars. You're not a conservative, most importantly, if you betray the Constitution to try to overturn a free and fair election to keep a president who has lost an election in power despite the will of the people. That is not conservatism. Now, Senator Lee has a habit of pulling a pocket constitution from his suit coat and waving it in the air as though uh, it's a, a symbol of his commitment to that document. But the reality is he's happy to abandon it whenever it suits his own personal pursuit of power. Uh, I think that is uh, exactly the opposite of conservatism. I don't know what it is other than a betrayal of the republic. And I'm committed to preserving as a conservative our commitment to our core values that we're created free and equal and that we have a system of self-government as a consequence. And that is laid out in our constitution. That is what conservatism means to me. And I'm committed to that. And in fact, we're building a cross-partisan coalition here in Utah around those ideas. Senator Lee's faux conservatism has failed him. He can only speak to the far right he can't compete for the votes of independents or moderate Republicans or Democrats because his politics are broken and they are not conservative. Uh, so his claims have, have no basis, but the only way he can prevail in this race is to lie about who I am because he has no record to run on. In 10 or 12 years of time in the Senate, he's only passed 10 bills, a good number of them named public buildings. He's one of the least productive members of the Senate because uh, he has come to embody the politics of division and extremism and cannot work with uh, members of the opposing party or members of his own. Uh, he even struggles to work with uh, our, our very own Senator Romney, our other senator here in Utah, spending most recently more time on cable news attacking his, his fellow Utah senator uh, than he does working with him to solve problems. So I, I just think Senator Lee has, has no record to run on, and, and that's why he makes baseless claims about me. But I know Utahns know me better than that, and, and that's why our coalition is growing. So, Evan, take on the chief accusation that Lee has out against you this week, which is reflected in a tweet of his from this week. He says... My opponent is running to keep Kamala Harris in charge of a divided U.S. Senate. Democrats endorsed McMullen's candidacy. Democrat consultants run his campaign. Democrat bundlers fund his campaign. His message is full of Democrat attack lines. He will vote to advance the Dems. The hardworking families of Utah can't afford two more years of a Kamala Harris Senate. Swing at it. Senator Lee only understands uh, the the political world and, and politics in America through a partisan prism. It's Republicans versus Democrats, us versus them, and on and on and on. So when faced with a conservative independent uh, opponent, he, he simply doesn't know what to do uh, because he can't defend his own a fake conservatism. He can't defend his, fa his failed record in the Senate. 
And so that's his approach. Uh, I'm proud of the approach we're taking. We're building a coalition of Republicans, Democrats, and independents. Uh, our supporters are cross-partisan. Our donors are cross-partisan. My team is cross-partisan. We have Republicans, Democrats, and independents, members of third parties involved in this effort, and I couldn't be more proud of it. That threatens Senator Lee's hold on power because he's only able to compete and prevail when the politics of division and extremism dominate. And we're rejecting those and offering an, an alternative to them. I don't expect Senator Lee to get it at this point, or if he does, uh, he'll continue to fight against it because he's trying to preserve his own, own hold on power at the expense of our state and our country. But I'm very proud of the fact that we've built a cross-partisan coalition here. It's not happening this way anywhere else in the country, but it should. And I'm hopeful that our campaign will set an example to others in other states and districts who might take a similar approach, who might reject the politics of division and extremism in order to bring people together to preserve the American Republic and help our country solve the major challenges it faces. Okay, so you don't debunk his claim that you have Democrats who have endorsed your candidacy and Democrats who have been involved in the campaign from the fundraising to the strategy. Well, Democrats are involved. Republicans are involved. Independents are involved. Members of third parties are involved. They are all involved. And that is the point of our campaign. The point of our campaign is to reject Mike Lee's broken politics, those of division and extremism. And we're doing that by building a cross-partisan coalition. So yes, we have Republican donors, Democratic donors, independent donors, libertarian donors, members of the United Utah Party contributing to our campaign. We have all of the above working with us, volunteering with us, and voting for us. And we're very proud of that. And Senator Lee wants to, to focus on the fact that uh, that we have, you know, his political adversaries are part of our coalition. Uh, of course, that's not a surprise, uh, but uh, but that includes Republicans just as well as it does Democrats, independents, members of third parties. And I could not be prouder of that fact. Your opponent, Senator Mike Lee, of course, vehemently opposed Donald Trump's candidacy for the presidency in 2016 and even tried to block his nomination at the Republican National Convention in Cleveland in 2016, famously trying to create a procedural hurdle in the Rules Committee. Now, many people nationally may not know that he also, as we mentioned, voted for you in 2016 for president. But since 2016, Senator Lee has undergone a bit of a metamorphosis and has become enormously loyal to the former president. Why do you think he has changed so much since 2016 with respect to Donald Trump? It's about power. But, you know, in 2016, as you point out, Senator Lee campaigned against Trump on the floor of the Republican National Convention after the Access Hollywood tape broke. And it was understood that Trump had bragged about sexually assaulting women. Lee called on him to exit the race. On Election Day, Lee announced that he had voted for me, uh, which makes his claims that I'm a leftist all the all the stranger. Because if, if I'm a leftist, then Senator Lee has supported leftists and in the past, uh, which uh, is, uh, I, I think, 
uh, undermines his claims additionally. But uh, but look, he changed very quickly after Election Day when Donald Trump actually prevailed. I think he expected Trump to lose. Most of the country, I think, expected that. Uh, so, you know, no harm in being wrong. But but I think when he was wrong about that, he decided that he needed to get on board with the former president in order to protect his own power. And so that's exactly what he did. And by the time we got to 2020, uh, he was campaigning with Trump. And in a moment that has become quite infamous in, in, in the minds of many Utahns, most Utahns, in, in fact, Senator Lee campaigned with Trump in October in 2020 in Mesa, Arizona. And while he was there, he was standing on stage with the former president and he compared him to a revered righteous figure from the Book of Mormon, Captain Moroni. Think of him as Captain Moroni. He seeks not power to, to, to pull it down. He seeks not the praise of the world or the fake news. You and Senator Lee are both Mormon. Um, or you're both part of the, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And this is the largest religious group in Utah. What was your reaction to hearing Senator Lee compare Donald Trump to a sacred figure from the Book of Mormon? Well, it was a, a false and awful uh, comparison, clearly. Uh, you know, Captain Moroni was a, a righteous, revered figure in the Book of Mormon, and, and Donald Trump never uh, possessed the qualities uh, of Captain Moroni. Uh, but the, look, this was uh, Senator Lee trying to use scripture in the pursuit of personal power and, and at the expense, I think, of the interests of, of the country. And it was deeply offensive. And most Utahns, whether they're members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or not, uh, found that very troubling. And I think the reason for that is that it's understood, I think, increasingly in Utah that Senator Lee is willing to take things that are precious to them and exploit them for his own personal gain, whether it's scripture or Captain Moroni or the Constitution or our elections or our votes. That is what Senator Lee will do. He's willing to exploit anything in his own pursuit of power. And it, he does so at the detriment of our state and our country. There were leaked text messages after the November 2020 presidential election, which show your opponent, Senator Mike Lee, encouraging then White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows to pursue challenges to the election. He texted about whether there could be alternate slates of pro-Trump electors in states that Joe Biden won. He also texted that he was working 14 hours a day on the election challenge. When I asked him about this, when he was on firing line, this is what he said. What those texts don't show, these were part of an ongoing um, series of conversations. Each text isn't cumulative of previous texts and other conversations I had had with him and with others in which I was warning them against this, in which I was saying, look, I, I don't see a path for you. Uh, now, this would be one thing. Now, I believed that there were going to be no slates, uh, but I was trying to get out of him whether he believed otherwise. And that's why I suggested, look, uh, this could change if states switch their slates, but I don't see that happening. Senator Lee says he was simply trying to understand Mark Meadows' position. Why don't you believe Senator Lee's explanation? 
Well, he's lied about his activities. He said he was only aware of the effort to find uh, alternative slates of electors as of just a few days before January 6th. But we know by his own text messages that as early as December 8th, he was urging the White House to find fake electors to overturn the election. So he lied about when he was aware uh, of that plan. Uh, he lied about his role in it. He, Senator Lee played a central role in trying to overturn the will of the people through the identification of fake electors. Now, it didn't begin there, though. Senator Lee advised Trump's frivolous so-called legal challenges to the election, which almost all failed in court, but succeeded, as I think they were intended to, in convincing tens of millions of Americans that the election had been stolen. Senator Lee still can't say the 2020 election was free and fair and legitimate. He still casts doubts on its legitimacy, even as recently as our debate just days ago. Did Joe Biden fairly win the 2020 presidential election? Senator Lee. Yes, Joe Biden is our president. He was chosen in the only election that matters, the election held by the Electoral College. It was on that basis that I voted to certify the election results. The Electoral College cast its vote. Joe Biden won that. Now, as to whether there were errors, as to whether uh, some states uh, might have conducted their elections better than others, there's always room for debate and questions about that. Now, Senator Lee was at the center of the plot to overturn the American Republic. He urged the White House to find alternative slates of electors, or I call them fake electors, in order to overturn the will of the people. He thought he had identified a sort of weakness in the Constitution by which the, the will of the people could be overturned. And that's what he did. He pursued it. He said he worked 14 hours a day to, quote, unravel this, end quote, referring to the election for a president who had been removed by the people. It is, Margaret, I believe, the most egregious betrayal of the American Constitution by a senator in our history. Now, he wasn't alone. There are others who participated. At the end of the day, I think Senator Lee understood that the plot would not be successful, and he voted to certify the election. But he only did so having abandoned a plot that he helped to advance and by his own accounts worked overtime to advance. So it is for this reason, among others, that Senator Lee uh, cannot be trusted uh, in power. He swore an oath to defend the Constitution, and he did exactly the opposite. When the barbarians were at the gate, he was happy to let them in. Uh, this is something that is unacceptable for Utah. You know, we were founded by my ancestors and others who trekked across the plains and the Rockies in order to find true freedom in these in these mountains and sacrificed greatly to do so. And it is imperative that we have two senators representing us who are truly committed to defending the Constitution. Senator Lee has abandoned and betrayed his oath to the Constitution and therefore must be removed. Well, there's an endorsement that Senator Mike Lee would like to get. And he even went on Fox News to ask for the endorsement of the other senator from your state, Senator Mitt Romney. And so as soon as Mitt Romney is ready to, I will eagerly accept his endorsement. Now, Senator Mitt Romney calls both of you friends and has said that he's not going to make an endorsement in this race. <sighs> what is the significance of somebody with the stature of Mitt Romney, who had previously had the Republican nomination to be president, choosing not to endorse the incumbent Republican senator from his own state. 
Well, Senator Romney can speak himself to the significance of that, but but I'll say it shouldn't surprise anyone that a senator like Senator Romney, who has uh, remained committed to his oath to the Constitution and who has upheld our institutions by working across party lines to solve problems and 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 pass legislation that uh, can be supported by most uh, Americans in order to help keep our country strong, it's no surprise that a senator like that would not be supporting Senator Lee, who has betrayed his oath to the Constitution and been one of the least effective members of the chamber, refusing to work with even members of his own party, let alone the opposing party. Uh, What Lee is most known for is voting no against everything and complaining about the state of our country on cable news, or he's most known for shutting down the government. Uh, He has proven himself to be wholly uh, uh, unable to help the country overcome major challenges. And so they're just two very different senators. I'm grateful uh, for Senator Romney's leadership in the Senate. I consider him a close friend. I know that if we prevail in this race, I'll work very, very closely with Senator Romney on, on most matters. And and that will serve Utah well, but it'll also serve the country well. Uh, Utah, and in fact, every state should have two senators who take the approach of Senator Romney. We have one, thankfully, but we need two. And that's why we're running to make a change here. I want to quickly go back to January 6th. Then Vice President Pence, who presided over the counting of the electoral ballots, ultimately broke with Donald Trump and decided to proceed with the certification of the electoral ballots. Now, as you recall, on that fateful day in Washington, Donald Trump lambasted his vice president, tweeting, Mike Pence didn't have the courage to do what should have been done to protect our country and our constitution. And we all heard the rioters and their chance to hang Mike Pence. I asked Senator Lee about that day, and here's what he said. I have never seen a vice president more loyal and more supportive of the president with whom he served. So who was Mike, right about the Constitution than, than in that Pence. moment? Was Mike that Pence. Mike Pence? Mike Pence. So Donald Trump was wrong about the Constitution. Yes, yes. and I, I, I think he got some very bad advice about the Constitution that day. So Senator Lee says Trump was wrong about the Constitution. Pence was right about the Constitution. Vice President Pence has endorsed your opponent, Senator Mike Lee. He has called him the only conservative in the race. If Mike Lee's actions after the 2020 election were so egregious, why would Mike Pence endorse him? It's about power. It's about power. And Mike Pence did the right thing, thankfully, on January 6th, but leading up to that day, he had done a lot to to justify uh, the actions of a president who wanted to hold on to power despite the will of the people. And and so he's not guiltless either in, in the effort to overturn the election, though, uh, just as Senator Lee did in the final day, uh, they uh, allowed the certification uh, of the Electoral College votes. Uh, but the fact is they both contributed to an effort to overturn American democracy in the weeks and, and months and years preceding January 6th. And they both uh, should be accountable for that. 
And so, you know, I'm, I think that we've got to have leaders who will not flirt with any uh, effort whatsoever to undermine the Constitution in our republic. Our leaders shouldn't come anywhere near that. Our leaders should stand as, uh, as bulwarks against that kind of activity, against leaders who would amass power unto themselves at the expense of the people. Uh, Donald Trump's presidency was uh, characterized entirely from uh, or by his approach to break down restraints on his power in order to uh, amass more of it unto himself. And and they were both a part of that effort. You know, I, I'm glad that they, on January 6th, uh, did some things right. Um, but leading up to that period, they contributed to a growing threat to American democracy. And all who have participated in that effort should be held accountable. Let's fast forward to the scenario where you win. There are two other independents in the U.S. Senate, Bernie Sanders and Angus King, both caucus with the Democrats. How would you be an effective legislator if you don't pick a side? Well, it is precisely because I refuse to join any party in Washington that I will be able to uh, better serve our constituents and our state here in Utah and the country. You know, senators who act with greater independence in the chamber regardless of their party affiliations, have more influence, I believe, than, uh, than, than other senators and certainly anyone else in Washington, I think second to the president. Uh, I'm committed to putting Utah first and putting our people first and putting the country over party interests. And so because of that, I've got to be able to remain independent and, and stand up to party bosses of both sides, who I think have far too much influence in Washington and in our country, and to the special interest groups who own so many of our politicians, and to the extremist factions that also have far too much influence. And so as an independent standing between the two parties, with a willingness to work with both to get things done, it will give Utah one or two, uh, I think more accurately, of the most important votes in the chamber. And with that, we'll be able to do a lot to, to serve our state and also help the country move forward and remain strong. And it is exactly because I'm standing between the two parties, or will be if we prevail, that we will have that influence. It is exactly for that reason that we'll be able to get things done for the country and our state. There are many scenarios that could play out on November 8th. Either party could win control of the Senate. But one scenario that is not so far-fetched is that Republicans win 50 seats, Democrats win 49, and you defeat Mike Lee. Now, in that scenario, you have been clear that you are not going to vote on the next majority leader since you won't be part of either party. But you did state on January 6, 2021, that Mitch McConnell should, quote, never be majority leader again. So if you are in a position to block Senator McConnell, why wouldn't you do that? Well, I'm not running to be a bootlicker for party bosses of either side. And I am running specifically because I think we need leaders who will stand up to both parties and their and their leaders. And that's what I'm committed to doing. Uh, I'm not going to Washington to play the, the party game, the party power game. I just won't do it. Uh, I'm going to maintain my independence. I'm not going to join a party there. I'm not going to caucus with either side. I will work with uh, senators of both sides and I will work with leaders of both sides, um, but I will also stand up to both. Uh, that's just what's required uh, to do the job of a senator and to represent one state and constituents. And that's what I'm committed to. And, and yes, I know I'm doing things 
differently. It's not the first time there's been a, if we prevail, a true independent in the Senate. Uh, it has happened before. It's been some decades since it's happened, but it has happened. And I think it'll allow me and the coalition of Republicans, Democrats, and independents we're building to have a tremendous positive influence on the direction of the country. Now, I know because I'm doing things differently that it may be a catalyst uh, to change the way the Senate operates in some regards. And I think that's a good thing. I think we need more independent leadership. We need people who are committed to solving problems with members of both parties, but still with a willingness to stand up to party bosses who would, would otherwise assert their will over our state or my constituents if we if if we prevail. So that's what I'm committed to doing. I know it's different, but I think we need some positive change in the Senate and 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 I'm optimistic that if if we win, we'll be able to offer it. Do you I, I want to ask you sort of what you could do and how you could leverage that power to do something different in the Senate and maybe have different voting blocks. But but first let me just put a pin in that last question. Do you stand by your statement from January 6, 2021, that Mitch McConnell should never be majority leader again? I will not be supporting party bosses in Washington. I'm just not going to do it. So it doesn't only apply to to him, but in general, I will not go to Washington and become a sycophant or a supporter or fall in line with party bosses. I am going to represent Utah and my constituents, and I am going to put the interests of our nation first. My priorities are to defend American democracy, lower inflation, get our fiscal house in order, lower healthcare costs for Americans, protect our air and water and ensure that we have a strong national defense. Those are my priorities. I will work with party bosses on both sides and members of both parties to get things done on those fronts. Um, But I will also be willing to stand up to party bosses on both sides, uh, regardless of who they are. You said that if control of the Senate came down to your vote, you'd have conversations with both sides to make sure that your policy priorities were carried out. Your number one priority is defending democracy. Your second priority is inflation and the economy, getting our fiscal house in order, as you mentioned. Would you consider using your leverage to elevate centrist senators from the minority party to chairmanship positions in an unusual balance or power sharing arrangement? Well, I want to make clear that I am going to maintain my independence in the Senate. I will not join either party. I will not caucus with either party. I'm not going to Washington to make to to put any party leader in power. I'm not going to play that game. Uh, I will, uh, of course, negotiate with with either party to get things done for Utah and for our country. Uh, I, I, of course, would like to see more unifying leaders have greater influence and in positions of uh, of influence in the Senate. Uh, those are discussions uh, that you know I'm I'm sure all senators have uh, after an election, and you know I'll participate as. Um, as uh, a member of the Senate, again, if we prevail, in order to ensure that that we're able as a chamber to help lead the country forward. And I'm encouraged most by the senators who have formed an informal group uh, of Republicans and Democrats who have been responsible for passing really every piece or most pieces of legislation through the chamber over the last several months. You know, we need more of that kind of leadership. And I've spoken to Republicans and Democrats who are part of that group. And I've told them that I intend to join that group and I'd be honored to, to work with them 
to again help better represent those of us who don't feel well represented in politics in America these days, uh, but also more importantly to help the country solve major challenges and remain strong. We simply cannot go on as long as we have with both parties being at each other's throats, failing to get anything done, or when they do get something done, it's on a partisan basis. And when the next party, when the opposing party regains power, they simply undo what the other party did while they were in power. And and that has had a destabilizing impact on our country. We just can't continue that way and expect to to compete with China and Russia and other uh, uh, non-state challenges that we face. So we need more leaders in the Senate who are going to work across party lines to solve problems. Uh, I'm committed to to joining that group if we prevail. Uh, But yes, in general, I would like to see more uh, unifying leaders on either side of the political aisle have more influence in the chamber. What form that takes, maybe it's through that group that I speak of, maybe it's through um, other assignments, I don't know. Um, But certainly, yes, I would like to see more unifying leaders on both sides of the aisle have more influence than perhaps they have in the past. Fairness for All is a bill that is winding its way through the United States Congress. It's a bill that would fully protect LGBTQ Americans in the federal statute, while also protecting religious organizations from being compelled to act in ways counter to their faith. It's a compromise bill that I've publicly supported and that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints has also supported. Now, Senator Romney has said he'd consider this bill, supporting this bill if it makes its way to the Senate. And its original co-sponsor was a Republican member of the House from Utah. Mike Lee opposes this bill. Where do you stand on fairness for all, Evan McMullen? Well, on the topic of equality and on religious liberty, I I believe that they are not a zero-sum game. And I'm committed to uh, ensuring that uh, members of the LGBTQ community have uh, equal rights in our country. I think if if we're to be a free country, then we must be empowered to to exercise our free will in the pursuit of happiness according to our own preferences, uh, making the decision for ourselves what we will do and who we will be. And I think that applies just as much to the LGBTQ community as it does to people of different faith communities. And I think we have to get to a point as a country where we're willing to stand shoulder to shoulder with each other in the defense of our shared freedoms. Because if we don't, and some are free and others are not, then none are free because freedom at that point becomes arbitrary, uh, not a a, a true uh, commitment uh, uh, of our country. And so we have to stand together. Uh, I'll look at any legislation that uh, that uh, that that balances uh, those two interests and that properly respects the freedom and equality of all. And uh, and uh, you know I, I will have to evaluate legislation when I get there the specifics. But but I certainly believe that that those two things, the freedoms of of people to practice their faith and and the freedoms of people to. Uh, you know, make personal decisions for themselves as a part of the LGBTQ community or other communities. I believe that those two, those things can be properly balanced and, and are 
not in competition. So, you know, as far as the legislation is concerned, I have not read it. Uh, I certainly, you know, think it sounds encouraging because it balances those priorities. Uh, but I'll have to take a look when I get there. And uh, and I look forward to being a constructive uh, part of, of the discussion and advancing some solution that will respect those priorities. In 1971, on the original firing line hosted by William F. Buckley Jr., Buckley hosted his brother, James Buckley, after he had won an election to be the new senator from the state of New York. And James Buckley was not a Republican. He represented a third party, the conservative party. And he was one of the only senators that represented a third party in the Senate. The formation of, of a third party in a, in a, in a two-party situation tends to suggest, does it not, that there is a, either a breakdown in communication between the existing parties and the people, or that three distinct points of view crop up, right? That's, that's now, correct. One of the, the dangers we may be moving into in this country is that we are maybe walking away for the first time in our national history of, from a general consensus as to what is good, or what are the ideals, what are the values, or what are the norms. If you start questioning the very premise on which, say, the Constitution is, uh, is uh, founded, if you, if you start saying that representative government, for example, is no good, or that uh, the institutions of pro uh, private property uh, are, are, are a blasphemy on the human race, then you are introducing some new, uh, new uh, <coughs> elements into the political structure which make the uh, two-party system impossible to cope with this new uh, situation. Then you start getting a fracturing, and then you start getting, I'm afraid, uh, perhaps chaos. So coming out of that clip, I want to ask you, um, in 2021, you spearheaded a letter with 150 other prominent conservatives about starting a third party. And the letter said that you intended to, quote, catalyze an American renewal and to either reimagine a party dedicated to our founding ideals or hasten the creation of such an alternative. Now, the forward party, begun by Andrew Yang, has formally endorsed you. Is it time for a third party, Evan McMullen? Well, I recognize the reality of an entrenched two-party system uh, in our country, uh, but I don't think it well serves our country. It's left tens of millions of Americans feeling poorly represented. And I, frankly, would favor a multi-party system that would allow for better representation of more Americans and, I think, a healthier competition of ideas. Uh, whether that will develop and mature, I'm, I'm not sure. It, it, it will depend largely on the direction of those two parties. Will Republicans and Democrats uh, be consumed by their extremes and, and move further to the fringes? Or will uh, one of the two parties or both of the two parties uh, compete uh, in more in the center of American politics to represent more Americans because that's where more Americans are politically. I just don't know. I think the Republican Party is is headed certainly in a direction towards the far right. Thankfully, here in Utah, we have many principled conservatives and Republicans who are not supportive of that direction. Uh, but elsewhere in the country, that seems to be uh, where the momentum is. On the Democratic side, uh, certainly the far left has gained a lot of influence within the party. I'm not sure uh, what that will mean for the future of the party, but we'll see. Uh, the Democratic Party, I think, has the opportunity to build a large coalition with unifying leaders if, if those are the leaders the party chooses. Um, but that remains to be seen. 
And if the parties, the two major parties drift further to the extremes, I think it will create a lane, but more importantly, a demand for an alternative. And so I know people are working on that, uh, the forward party and, and others, and, uh, and you know they may find their time come very soon. I don't know. But what I will say is that for my part, especially as a part of this election, I believe that a critical next step for our country, a critical next step for defending American democracy, for defending our constitution, and ensuring that we can govern ourselves and solve problems is building a cross-partisan coalition of Republicans, Democrats, and independents. Where it goes from there Uh, I don't know what shape it will take. Will it take shape within one of the established major parties? Perhaps. Will it need to find a home elsewhere? Perhaps. But I think the the real determining factor will be what the two major parties do. Evan McMullen, we'll be watching. Thank you for joining me on Firing Rhyme. Thank you. Thank you. 